0: Hey there, Lisa Schwartz here. Welcome to my podcast, Teach and Talk with Lisa, where we are unpacking biblical principles with everyday words and applying them to our everyday lives. Welcome, everybody. I am so excited to introduce to you my guest for the next two episodes, Wayland Henderson. You are the founder of...
1: The Gathering Kingdom Center.
0: The Gathering Kingdom Center. It's kind of a mouthful for me, but today we're gonna be learning about the beauty of a cross-shaped life. Is that correct? That's correct. We're going to be talking about discipleship. So I I can hardly contain myself because you and I have always connected over discipleship.
1: Right.
0: Before I hand this over to you, I want to share a little bit about you and I personally. We've had the opportunity to minister together several times, house meetings. I've had the opportunity to be ministered to by you, several of our staff. We talk about you all the time and some of the prophetic words you've given to us in the past and how accurate they have been. So I wanted to also just give that personal introduction as well. So even though you're this big founder, international traveler, minister to people, evangelist, discipler, um, personally, you've been a friend. Love your wife. Amen. And beautiful woman. She's your secret weapon.
1: She sure is. (laughs) She's my better half. Sure.
0: So anyways, with that said, share with us a little bit about what you're going to share with us today.
1: Sure. First of all, Lisa, it's great to be with you again Uh, all the times that we just begin to go after the things of the Lord yeah. and be shaped in discipleship. Yeah. Uh, it's been a while since we've been getting together. We've I know. Been together, so but... we just want
0: you to know that it has taken us like three or four tries. Yeah, it has. To, <laughs> to schedule this recording. So one of us is too busy. Maybe both of us.
1: Yeah, I think it's equal <laughs> Equal there. You know, either I'm busy or you're busy. Yeah. But however, we found the time.
0: Yes, God worked it out.
1: Hallelujah. Uh, so what, what, I, what I want to talk to... Talk to you about in the next two sessions is something that's really dear to my heart. Uh, it's 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 an old message, but it's an ancient message, and I think that the power of the cross is never too old. Mm, that's uh, good. Especially me growing up in in the Baptist church. We kind of had this this joke that when you when you get to the end, you grew Baptist too, right? I did. Yeah. So then you're you not. Know I'm talking about it yes. you you never you always end at the cross. Yes. You, you got to end good. at Calvary. Yeah. And um, and even though there were different things that uh began to move past when I got older, as far as kind of a Pentecostal perspective, charismatic, I never lost that foundation of the power Love of the it. cross.
0: Yeah.
1: With that being said, I found in the last few years. That the Lord started to reintroduce me to the power of a crucified Christ. That's good. And what that meant when you talk about discipleship. And gosh, it's almost 2022. I know. That's crazy. Wow. (laughs) So in the beginning of, of 2020... I was about to go to Brazil and while well, I was actually in Brazil and we were kind of in prayer about to meet with some leaders and I went into this this snapshot I, it wasn't like an open vision or anything like that it was like a quick snapshot uh, if I said it was a minute it'd be it would probably longer It's probably more like 30 seconds 45 seconds yeah but here's the, the picture I seen I seen Jesus walking towards the cross but then he mm-hmm. pulled me into his body and I began to walk with him towards the cross and it was that snap that snapshot and it was done but I've learned over the years, those quick snapshots begin to create a seed that brings me on a journey that that starts there but doesn't end there. So yeah. I started to realize that I started to come across these scriptures that begin to tell me the story and the narrative mm-hmm. of of the crucified Christ, not just within the New Testament, but within all the scripture.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: For example... Um, one of my favorite scriptures is Matthew 16. Matthew 16:13. 16, Jesus brings the disciples to Caesarea Philippi. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. to one of the most ungodly places. is full of idolatry, all those things. And Jesus asks them, who does everyone say that I am? You know, some say you're Jeremiah. Some say you're well, one of the, the prophets. prophets. Uh, and he says, yeah, that's who they say, but who do you he say that I am? And Peter gets this revelation. He says, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, Peter, but my Father that's in heaven. And he says, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell. I love how the, the sometimes you're reading the King James, it doesn't give you the fullness of it. But a, a better rendering of it, it'll say the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It can give you the connotation that looks defensive, right? Right, right. But but gates are defensive, Mm -hmm. so there's gates of hell that are try to keep people out. Right. It it actually a better rendering of it is the gates of hell will not be able to withstand. That's good. The church. So Peter gets his great revelation. You know, it goes from Simon bar Jonah to Peter. Then you go, (laughs) you keep going in the conversation. Then Jesus starts to talk about I'm going to the cross. Yeah. Then all of a sudden Peter pulls him to the side, rebukes him. And it gives a strong connotation that he kind of grabbed Jesus and, you know, mm-hmm. kind of rebuked him. I figure, you know, Peter's a, a, a fisherman, you know, probably a little buff. <laughs> 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 Try to manhandle Jesus, right? And, and, and Jesus says something interesting. He says, Satan, I rebuke you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He says, you're not mindful of the things of the spirit. Yeah. You're mindful of things of men. That's so good. Peter gets a revelation of the Messiah. Mm-hmm but his interpretation is satanic.
0: That's good. That's really good. Yeah. Say that again.
1: Peter gets a revelation of the Messiah, but his interpretation of what the Messiah is to come to do or what that looks like is satanic.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that you say that because, sidebar, we, we've been reading through the book of Acts, mm-hmm. and we were reading in Acts 20 and 21 where um, I believe it's Paul that is going into uh, the the Roman Romanian Empire and the the. Gamaliel, I think it is, he says, this is what's going to happen to you. We get there and he twists up this this belt and he says, you're going to be all bound up in this. And remember then all the people were like, well, then that must mean you're not supposed to go.
1: Right, right.
0: But actually that captivity is what provided a platform for him to actually... Evangelized. Come on, you know. Yeah, and so he was like, "No, God put it in my heart that I'm supposed to go." So it was interesting that the prophet, the prophetic word, the revelation mm-hmm. was accurate, but the people tried to in, the interpretation that the people had was to actually prevent him from doing God's. Yeah,
1: word. yeah, and that's 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 real profound, mm-hmm. uh, especially on the larger scale, yeah. is because all through. The, the prophetic words of how the Messiah would come. Right. All the prophets prophesying, even leading up to where Jesus is, and yeah. he's asking who do men say that I am. So, well, maybe one of the prophets. Right. Because they're misinterpreting the coming Messiah.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, because they had a picture of what it must have looked like. Yeah. And, you know, it doesn't look like what we thought. We thought you were going to come as a king.
1: Right. And we <laughs> do that all the
0: time. <laughs> yes. We,
1: so, yes. So, so, So this means Peter... You know, it's like all Peter, but we do it all the time. Peter is still a part of a, of a group of people that could not reconcile the king coming to die. That's that good. looked more like a suffering servant. They were looking more for a king that looked more like a Caesar. Yep. That would bring them out of Roman occupation mm-hmm. and not one that would come to come to die. Mm-hmm. And that, that began to lay a foundation that they didn't really... Fully understand until Jesus was resurrected, ascended, and the Holy Spirit came, mm-hmm. that would begin to bring truth right. to all that Jesus spoke. Right, and
0: really until the Holy Spirit came, yeah, right, and revealed the same thing He's saying there. It was not by flesh and blood that this was revealed to you, but rather by yeah, King by the Spirit,
1: right. And you see that He said Jesus says in in John fourteen, well, in that that whole conversation on His way preparing them mm-hmm. for Him going to mm-hmm. the cross. The the Holy Spirit would not speak of Himself, but He would only testify of the Son. That's good. Yeah, that's good. So everything the Spirit reveals Mm -hmm. testifies of Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's why Revelation 19... Everything
0: the Spirit reveals testifies of Jesus. The testimony
1: of Jesus is the the spirit of of prophecy. prophecy. Mm -hmm. So anything... It's not prophetic unless it gives witness to Jesus.
0: That's so good. That's so good. And that's a great... um, measuring tool, if you it will, is. to really kind of, you know, because there is a lot of false prophets out there. Right. Um, and, and it should testify of Jesus right. and point back to Jesus, not to the prophet, but to Jesus. Right, right. So good.
1: Yeah. So you look at uh, Jesus calls Peter Satan. So does that mean he's the person of Satan? Of course not. But whatever Peter was doing mm-hmm. was moving in the function of of being an adversary to keeping Jesus mm-hmm. from the cross because mm-hmm. Satan, the name Satan itself, means one who's an adversary of Christ. Right. So he became into opposition of Jesus going to the cross. Yeah. And you see the same story when Jesus is in the wilderness and Satan comes to tempt him. He's trying to get Jesus to operate in a way that's selfish. But mm-hmm. Jesus responds selfless.
0: Yeah, that's good.
1: So the picture of Satan, anything that's satanic is what keeps you from living a cross-shaped life.
0: It's so good. It's so good. Anything that's satanic is anything that keeps you from living a cross-shaped life. Anything that opposes, so mm-hmm. I'm going to put that in Lisa Schwartz for a bit. Sure. Anything that opposes your God design and your God identity, your God possibility, right. your God um, potential Yeah. is, if it's not from God, <laughs> <laughs>
1: Just saying. <laughs> there, there, you have it. Yeah. Because we are, and, and that's why I use the the term cross shaped. Because yes, uh, one of my favorite uh, theologians, Michael Gorman, uh, coined this term cruciformity.
0: Oh, I love that Cruciformity. Cruciformity,
1: being conformed to the image of the crucified Christ. That's good. When we see him, we become like him. So our identity is in the cross-shaped life Mm -hmm. and then sometimes you start talking about the cross you start talking about death you think it's all morbid but that's not it's not it's from a different perspective right it's in him we live in him we move in him we have our being right so as we are shaped into who he is Mm -hmm. we begin to embrace his life and we begin to deny ourselves who we used to be Mm -hmm. and be shaped into who he is Mm And then you start to have a witness in your heart of who Christ is in you, but the beauty of the body is we're so diverse. Mm, You're it. part of the body of Christ. I'm part of the body of Christ, but we're different vessels. Mm-hmm. So Christ is made known to the world mm-hmm. through the vessel that we've been shaped on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty of it. Yeah, It's unity and diversity. I love it. So... Uh, all that, but all that has to start with understanding the beauty of who Christ is mm-hmm. and what He came to do, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's the foundation of all that we do. Mm-hmm. And I and I love when you when you, uh, and I always use that kind of a foundation of Peter, because you know, we we think we know what the kingdom looks like.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, until, and it's interesting that in one moment yeah. he was under the unction and somehow this revelation was given to him, but in the very next moment, yeah. You know, and so it it is all
1: the same conversation.
0: Yeah, it, it reveals the importance of keeping yourselves pressed to the person of Christ, right? Because if you even allow a little bit of separation, there's room there for misinterpretation, for confusion, for chaos, for delusion, for coming under, beginning to oppose things of the kingdom, even when we don't intend to.
1: True, true. If if any time we try to interpret Scripture. Through our present lens, we've mm. already missed it.
0: Mm. Through our present lens, I love that.
1: The, the scripture was written for us, but it wasn't written to us. Right. If right. you don't understand the context right. of good. who was written to, then we'll never understand what it means for us. Mm-hmm. And that's that's, good. that's a lot of times when we begin to miss that yeah. as we try to interpret it in our modern time, and it just doesn't it doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. And even with uh, the time of Jesus. There's thousands of, of years and prophecies of the Messiah coming, but yet everyone misinterpreted it. mm-hmm. because they were looking for more of a king that looked like a Caesar. Yeah, They could not fathom a suffering servant Isaiah 53 coming. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and even when you look at uh, the discipleship, Jesus says, uh, if you want to follow me, In the same conversation, after he talks to Peter, he says, anyone that follows after me must deny themselves, pick up their cross, and follow me. Mm -hmm. So anyone who's a disciple must begin to take on the way of the one that they follow. Mm -hmm. So the way of Jesus is a selfless, poured out, Mm cross-shaped life. When I say cross-shaped life, it means one who is selfless. Mm -hmm. Jesus coming in the form of God Mm-hmm. As Paul begins to talk about, maybe we'll get into this a little later, that being in the form of God thought and not robbery to say he's equal with God right. because in the beginning was the Word, the Word mm-hmm. was with God, and the Word was God. Yeah. But he didn't grasp at that. Mm-hmm. He took on the form of a servant even though he was fully confident in his Godhood.
0: Mm-hmm. So good. It's like, <laughs> I, I love that you're talking about this because I think a lot of times Especially in the Pentecostal, the Charismatic, which you and I, we we jump right to the freedom, right? We love to talk about the freedom of the Spirit. And we're not saying that the freedom of the Spirit isn't there. What we're saying is the pathway to freedom is in the cross, right? Right. So there's so much freedom in surrender. There There is. There's so much freedom in taking on the shape of a selfless servant. Right. Um, And the world would tell us completely the opposite. So we're so much up against the message of the world in our system that would tell us that, freedom is found in control. Freedom is found in in staying at the head. Um, But the scripture is so the opposite. But I love love and really appreciate that you're willing to say, let's talk about the hard part of really getting to that space, which is... Where's where's the offering? You know, right. it's, it's like when when uh, Isaac kept saying to Abram going up the mountain, Where, "Where's the offering?" <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> uh, <you're... laughs> you know the offering, right? But that yeah. was the
0: path. Part of that was the path to Abram's next level yeah. of his purpose and his passion. Mm-hmm. So, okay, back to you.
1: Yeah, that that's, I find, not necessarily sidebar, but some of the greatest freedom that I've found especially within uh, the last few years is the ability to be secure in who I am That's good. and serve That's so good. more than be served. So good. Because power actually pours out more to serve so than it good. does to be served.
0: That's so good. I like to tell people like the that it takes a lot of courage to serve. It yeah. takes a lot of courage to be low man on the totem pole, if you will, to basically right. say, look, I'm going to place myself last. Yeah. Um, but your courage will be directly connected to the amount of confidence that you have in your position in Christ. Mm -hmm. The more confident you are in your relationship with Christ, your position in Christ, the easier it will be to just have have the courage to say, I'm okay with that. Right. I'm okay with eating crow right now. I'm okay with being quiet.
1: Yeah. He's I'm okay
0: with being wronged.
1: Right. Not just
0: wrong, but being wronged. Wronged. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Ah. That's a... <laughs>
0: Still working that out. Yeah, we all are. That's why
1: it's a daily embracing of the <laughs> that's cross. That's exactly right? right. But those are great opportunities for, like, yes, I have an opportunity <laughs> to grab the cross again, uh, and, and that's 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 the forming and the shaping. I'm coming into the the image of a cruciform Christ. I
0: love it, cruciformity.
1: And if I okay, Jesus. Tells Peter. Well, he's actually talking to disciples, using Peter as an object lesson, kinda. Poor and he Peter. says, "Anyone denies me, and anyone wants to follow after me, they must deny themselves." That's mm-hmm. one. Of my wife loves the word "deny" because it talks about the act. Unlike yourself.
0: Oh, interesting. To act unlike yourself.
1: But in order that. to act unlike yourself, you first have to be honest with yourself.
0: God, that's good. Excuse me while I embrace that moment. <laughs> <now. laughs>
1: Like, I know act my imperfections. like yourself, I have to... Yeah, be honest.
0: Be honest and... I
1: have to first be honest with who I really am. So good. So that I know how...
0: I'm going to rewind that and watch that a couple times. Not
1: to act. Yep, so being, being being married is great because sometimes your spouse can tell you exactly who you are and who you're not. Yeah. Yeah. But
0: that's good, though. It is good.
1: But it's like looking in the mirror. The, the, these, the scripture is a mirror
0: hmm mm-hmm.
1: that begins to give first it you see the image of Christ, but then you also should eventually begin to see the reflection of who you are in him, but also the things in us that are not aligned to who he's called us to be mm-hmm. and it's that place of reflection, a place of honesty, the place mm-hmm. of transparency That's good. that the power of of his resurrection mm-hmm. gives uh, empowers us to embrace the fellowship of his suffering. That's good. When I begin to understand that, when Peter said, "I want to know him," and the power of his resurrection mm-hmm. and the fellowship of his suffering, that the future power of our bodily resurrection comes into the present to empower us mm, to embrace so the fellowship so of good. his suffering. So when I look into the reality of who I am and who I am not, and I have to deny myself, it's the power of his resurrection that he overcame death. Yeah. Jesus overcame death. No one took his life. He says, I lay down my life. No man took it.
0: It's good.
1: So because he had the power to lay down his life, he also had the power to pick it up. Pick it back up. That okay. same power empowers us in those moments when we have to look in the mirror and see those things that we must put to death. Yeah, that's good. See, even in our community, and we start talking about the cross-shaped life. I mean, if you've been around me in my community, all you have to say is, "What does he talk about?" They're going to say the cross-shaped life. That's yeah. all I talk about is Jesus. Yeah. But yet, everything flows out of that. Yeah. Prophets are birthed out of the cross. Yeah. Evangelists are birthed out of the cross. Yeah. Pastors are birthed so out good. of the cross. It, you know, it's it's all Jesus. Yeah. But here's the point: um, when you begin to realize the power of His resurrection. Mm-hmm. Empowers you to be an overcomer of your greatest enemy. In between your ears.
0: Mm. So good.
1: That is not. It's not positive thinking. Nothing wrong with that. Don't don't. Nothing wrong with positive thinking. Uh, but it's a supernatural flow that causes you to change your perspective mm-hmm. and your mm-hmm. viewpoint. Yeah. And the grace of God, which is the ability to do what you can never do on your own. It is the very life of Jesus. The grace of God is the very life of Jesus. That same resurrection power empowering you to overcome what you can never overcome before.
0: Mm.
1: And when you begin to deny yourself, pick up the cross, and follow him, it's having the ability that I have more love to be with him and who he is than I do to hold on to those things that helped me in the That's past. So
0: good, so good. Yeah. yeah, I often. I mean, it reminds me. We often talk about how it takes a lot of my, a lot more strength and energy, and it's harder to hold on to things. Oh yeah. Than it is to just grab on to Jesus. Yeah. You know, it takes a lot of mental and emotional energy to stay depressed or angry or hold on to unforgiveness. It does, especially once we are. On this side of the cross, when right. we've got where we are walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, you're actually kicking against the goads. The yeah. inclinations of the Spirit is to forgive, and so you don't realize how much you're working, how hard you are working against the
1: the, <laughs> the
0: natural ways of the kingdom yeah. when you choose to hold on to some of these things.
1: Yeah, um, I think that's a great analogy, especially when you think of Paul. Mm-hmm. Right, Paul is convinced that the way that he is going is the way is it yeah you can't tell him any other way but i find the language interesting that he's kicking against the goad mm-hmm. i mean you can't kick against a goad unless you're actually yoked yeah that's
0: good yeah that's yeah. good yeah
1: and that i mean i don't that's that's a whole nother a whole
0: <laughs> other episode
1: episode but to think that there the lord was walking with him goading him to see from the yes. right perspective. Yes. And I think we we, and we we don't begin to understand Yeah. that even when things are dark and we're not walking in the right direction how close the Lord is to. Yeah, us. that's
0: so good. That's so good. Yeah. The intimacy. It reminds me of Psalm 139 where it says even if you were to settle in the depths of hell. Yeah. even there I would find you.
1: He's not afraid of the dark.
0: No, he's not. In fact, <laughs> it says that the dark will become light as yeah. soon as he enters into it.
1: See, we may grow up in the dark, but he doesn't.
0: Amen. Amen. And uh,
1: I wrote a poem about that. So,
0: all right. Just check Facebook page.
1: You didn't know on it. there. But uh, anyway, so you have this this idea of yoking to mm-hmm. Jesus, and Jesus. Um, when We talked about discipleship. He's talking about yoking, coming into intimacy, following mm-hmm. where he goes. How he lives, mm-hmm. uh, and and he, he says also in Matthew eleven twenty nine, uh, take of my yoke and learn of me, for my yoke is easy, my burdens are light, and you will find rest for your souls. Mm-hmm. One of those those words, I don't know if it's the word rest, but it starts to speak of anxiety, mm-hmm. worry, mm-hmm. that you start to settle in. Rest for your souls, mm-hmm. and the yoke is actually the cross, mm-hmm. and the rest is dying to self.
0: Mm-hmm. That's good. Is
1: giving the result to Jesus mm-hmm. because you don't know what the path will look like, mm-hmm. but you trust that the result will be much better. Yeah, because you trust Him.
0: That in that in that, if you read that in the Greek, where it says, "Take my yoke upon you mm-hmm. and learn of me, for my yoke is easy." Yeah, that word "easy" in the Greek. It doesn't mean like what, how we feel like easy, like, oh, it's easy for me to pick up these pair of glasses. No. The word easy there actually means um, as if it is a benefactor or, in other words, beneficial. Yeah, yeah. So it's the idea of the yoke that I bring to you will is will benefit you. So I think a lot of times we think that, well, life isn't easy. Well, the yoking of the kingdom isn't necessarily say I'm going to be skipping through the wilderness, right? right? right. It just means right. the yoking will end up, it will benefit Who I am and what I'm called to do.
1: Right, right. So good. And and I think if, and one of the things I've learned, is if you understand who Christ is, Mm -hmm. you know, theological terms we call it Christology. Mm -hmm. Then you understand the mission of the church, Mm -hmm. and then you understand the, the, the how the church is meant to express themselves. Yeah, that's good. And you can look at that corporately, but also individually, because we're part of that. Mm -hmm. So understanding the crucified and resurrected Lord Mm -hmm. begins to shape what our mission is. Yeah,
0: that's good. It should, anyways.
1: Well, should. Amen.
0: (laughs) Next episode.
1: (laughs) We hope that it would. But what it did for me, especially... uh, being a prophetic minister uh, it really began to redefine what prophetic really is
0: Mm.
1: And I love that (laughs) (laughs) but all I would do was begin to, the more I would be immersed in the revelation of Mm -hmm. the wounds of Jesus the more I would preach on the wounds of Jesus and the more the atmosphere would become prophetic without me talking about the prophetic
0: that's good, yeah
1: because he is the prophet.
0: Yeah, it just became the space you were where you were in. Yeah.
1: Instead of talking
0: yeah. about it, it became the space. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I think that that's the, you're you're making him known. Mm-hmm. Because the 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 importance of discipleship is to know him and to make him known. Mm, that's good. But if you don't know him, you begin to bring a false witness. That's good. Which causes others not to want to draw near him. Mm-hmm. So we could have a revelation that Jesus is the Messiah, but if we begin to interpret him as one who's more like a Caesar mm-hmm. than one who wears a a, a crown of thorns, mm-hmm. you get a different expression, mm-hmm. and then other people get a different viewpoint mm-hmm. of the God that we serve.
0: Yeah, I think, it, I think this kind of points to just the importance in the Gospels of so many people who went and told of all that Jesus had done, the woman at the well, the blind man, mm-hmm. all of these things. They didn't give information or talk, give, um, they didn't just ha- know about him. They had had an experience. Yeah. And so, and I love, you know, when it says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. That word know there means to come, come into an, into a reality by experience. Yes. Right.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: And so I love, I think that is the important, I think sometimes we get nuggets of knowledge about who God is and we never really experience him for ourselves. So I love when you were talking about, I'm not talking about the prophetic anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm losing the prophetic anointing in the room, and so it be, the prophecy becomes an experience that people are having even right. as they're sitting. And so then that becomes their story. Mm-hmm. So they yes. don't start go out and start telling uh, about the teaching that they right. heard from Prophet Wayland. Right. They leave there and start talking about their experience. And so when people start asking, all they can say is, I don't know. All I know <laughs> is I once was blind and now I see. Yeah. But they're speaking to the actual encounter mm-hmm. that they had for themselves. They're walking away with more than just information. Yes. They're walking away with, I experienced, I didn't just learn about prophecy. I experienced prophecy moving in the room. Yeah. And that that is a thing, and I think that's one of the ways you and I have always connected. Where we do we do feel like it's important to teach and train, but we always want to shift the atmosphere of them where people just begin to experience the work. Right,
1: right, so true.
0: And, and I think the important thing about that is because we. We don't experience that in all, all settings and situations, unfortunately. I do think the kingdom has become more about just giving information. Yeah. I'm thinking about, um, again, I think it was Paul, it was probably Peter, the very last night in a particular town in the book of Acts. <laughs> and um, Eutychus is in the window. And it, it the the Bible literally says that Peter went on and on into the midst. Of oh the night. yeah, Paul <laughs> went on and he fell out the. Yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. was it Paul? Yeah, it was Paul. So he, he <laughs> like he falls out of the window, and then all of a sudden Paul's like, oh, and, and it's almost like the Holy Spirit was like, dude, stop talking and start demonstrating the kingdom. <laughs> And I think, resurrect them first. <laughs> yeah. Like, yes. Come on. Show some. We want these people to actually see. We want to see a demonstration of the power of the kingdom. And I think that's where the church is now. A lot. And I'm totally shifting. No. But course. we we just uh, I'm like you know the church has become like like they're bored. We're bored to tears from yeah. the teachings, and we're leaving. And we talk about this guy Jesus, but I've never really experienced him for myself.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've always said this more often now than, than before, that it's not what you say, mm. it's where you say it from.
0: That's good. I love that.
1: You could have two people preaching the same message.
0: Yeah, that's so good. But the
1: one who is that's actually so speaking from a place of actually encountering yes. the Lord and not just from yes. head knowledge... The atmosphere shifts.
0: Well, and you feel that authority. Yeah. That they've been, they're an an expert on the topic now because they haven't just read about it. Right. They've walked it, they've lived it, they've experienced it. That's so good. I love that.
1: I think one thing that's really important, what you said earlier, is I found that reading the scriptures has a story Mm -hmm. and not has a textbook. Mm hmm. Causes his story to enter into our story. Yeah, it's
0: so good. And his
1: history becomes our present reality.
0: Yeah, it's so good. I love it. Yeah. His history becomes our present reality. I hope y'all are taking notes because I'm gonna be rewatching this and taking notes myself. Yeah. Had lots of little good nuggets. All right.
1: So, how much time we got on session one?
0: Um, we got five ten minutes.
1: Okay. Well, you guys let's with
0: us five ten minutes.
1: Let's set up for session two here. Okay. So talking about. Uh, Narrative and story. One of the things about Paul that I absolutely love is his theology is a narrative theology where Paul sets up, he's not just teaching. Paul, his heart is to relive the word of the cross through his experience. Even when you see in the book of Acts, mm-hmm. uh, Paul comes, and I think it's around Acts 14, he, he comes to certain city they stone him to death, people are standing around him. It, it, and The narrative is really interesting. Yeah. Because no one kinda brings a lot of attention. Yeah. They just kinda gather around, mm-hmm. pray, gets up, dust himself off, goes to the next. Yeah, more like what so was he dead?
0: Was he not dead? Did they resurrect? We don't really know.
1: <laughs> but you start to see when when Paul starts to talk about the marks of Christ that he, he carries in his letters and mm-hmm. you begin to overlay them with his missionary journeys mm-hmm. in Acts that you see that what he's talking about in the epistles, he was living out in Acts.
0: It's so good.
1: So if you if you read them disconnected, if you're just reading the epistles without connecting them to the narrative and the story of the book of Acts, that's why it's called a book of Acts. Acts. Yeah.
0: We just got done. going. We finished today, my class on Monday mornings. We've been going through the book of Acts. Awesome. So we were like, this, this is what it should look like.
1: Yeah, it the Book of be, Acts.
0: We should be living. Should
1: continue.
0: Yeah, we should be living right in the action of the kingdom.
1: And that's the beauty of when you when you think of a, and we'll, we'll see this in in Paul's life because he's a Hebrew because he's a Pharisee of Pharisees, the thought process of of Hebrews or Jews isn't just uh, being and doing. They were connected. They were like two mm-hmm. sides of the same coin.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Because of who you are, this mm-hmm. is what you do.
0: Yeah, you can't separate them.
1: Right. So that we'll, we sometimes we try to separate them, especially in the Pentecostal, because this will be a good word to preach. Israel knew his acts, but yeah. Moses knew his ways. <laughs> we try to separate them, but no, it's not meant to be separated. Yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> because we, they, they knew, they produced the acts of God because they knew the ways of God. Yes,
0: that's so good. And the
1: ways of God are cross-shaped.
0: Mm-hmm. If you have not watched my series on the glory versus the anointing, that would connect with that. If you hear what he's saying and talk a lot about how the anointing is the child that flows from the parent of the glory and Mm -hmm. that the glory is the heart of God. And the anointing is the hand of God. Come on. And how if you, you know, when people come and they want to flow in the anointing, and the anointing comes up out of understanding the character and the person of God. Yes. Saturating yourself in that character, crucifying yourself with Christ, mm-hmm. and really saying, I'm going to become one with him. And then the anointing begins to flow up out of you. That's yeah. the, the, the wellspring of life come that on. comes up out of you, the, the streams of living water. So,
1: well, here's here's where we're going to go in. In the next session, we're actually going to talk about the glory,
0: awesome, good
1: <laughs> glory of the cross, good. Because Paul begins to articulate that in a way that's incredible. But what you'll find is when Paul begins to write to the Church of Corinthians, he says something that is very interesting. Of all the things that Paul talks about as far as theology, the mystery of faith, the mystery of ungodliness, and uh, the the body of Christ, and all these different subjects that he he writes about. He tells the church uh, in Corinthians that I know nothing but Jesus Christ, where he says I decided that I would know nothing mm-hmm, but Jesus mm-hmm, Christ mm-hmm. and him crucified. Mm-hmm. That's good. Which gives you the indication that everything he talks about flows out mm. of a revelation of a crucified yeah, Christ.
0: I decided to know nothing. Yeah, That's good. That's so good. So, that's episode two. Yes. All right, you guys. Wayland, how can somebody connect with you if they're interested in learning more about your ministry? Tell us how we can connect with you. You
1: can follow us on our Facebook page, The Gathering Kingdom Center. Uh, You can go on my personal page as well, Wayland Henderson, and then you can also look us up on our website, thegatheringkingdomcenter.com.
0: All right, you guys. Remember, enforcing purpose, it starts with you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can also find me on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, or you can check out my other podcast show, Enforcing Purpose with Lisa Schwartz. For general information or resources, head to my website at www.lisa-schwartz.com. Thanks for listening.